Welcome to day 129 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the story of the prophets. Uh, we're taking uh, prophets in a you know, kind of chronological order. Three major periods, you know, that the prophets uh, deal with. Uh, one we call you know pre-exilic. In other words, is a time before uh, Israel was you know destroyed as a nation and Judah was taken into exile. Uh, so it's a time when there's impending judgment coming, and so you have the warning of the prophets. And then, of course, you have the period when you know, the nation is in exile, when Judah has been carried off to Babylon and has 70 years you know, where they're taken away from the land. And then you have post-exilic, or the return of the nations. So we're still early you know, in the process of the prophets, and so these are prophets that are pronouncing you know, the impending judgment. We're in Zephaniah, which is one of the minor prophets, which doesn't mean he wasn't very important. It just means he didn't write a whole lot. And so as we look at uh, you know, the form of his book, he is pronouncing judgment. It comes during a high point. He, he's prophesying you know, during a revival led by King Josiah. He is a direct descendant, probably, you know, of Hezekiah, which was another high point in the nation of Israel as far as their return to the Lord in faith and confidence in the Lord. But even though you have these two bright spots, the overall outlook of the nation is they'll be facing judgment. And when you look at uh, Zephaniah, he begins by pronouncing judgment on Jerusalem. Then he'll pronounce judgment on the nations. He'll return to judgment on Jerusalem. And then uh, he'll finally end with a note of hope and a call uh, to humble yourself you know, before the Lord. So we'll finish up with Zephaniah in two readings yesterday and today. We pick up today in uh, verse 8. As always, uh, before we read, uh, we marvel you know, it's a wonderful gift we have in Scripture. It is not always you know, easy for us to understand, and a lot of the fabrics of it are so strange and so foreign to it. Yet, uh, when we look at it, we, we, we begin to see the heart of God, the love of God, the patience of God, uh, you know, the God who revealed himself, you know, to Moses as gracious and compassionate God who is slow to anger and abounding in love. Yet, he would not leave sins unpunished. So you see, uh, the righteousness and the glory of God in, in his judgment of sin and, of course, in his redemption of, of sinners. So as we, uh, as we read, we treasure, and as we treasure, uh, we hope to be transformed you know, by God's Word. And, and so it is a holy moment every time we come to God's Word because we meet with him uh, so that he might continue his work in us. So I'm Paul here with Cindy, David, and Matt. Cindy, do you mind leading us in a word of prayer uh, before we read? No, I don't mind. Father, um, we thank you for this time. As we come to this time in your word, Father, we just ask that you would be our teacher and our guide, um, that we would look at these words, Father, and um, see our, our own hearts, even in these words, as we see your heart, Father, and uh, help us to align our hearts the way they need to be um, in reverence of who you are and what you've given us in your word. So, Father, just teach us now. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we're in the middle section, um, you know, of Zephaniah, uh, where he has begun to pronounce, you know, judgment on the nations. Uh, yesterday, we we finished, you know, with a pronouncement of judgment on uh, Philistia, and today we turn to Moab and Ammon, then Cush, and then Assyria, and then uh, back uh, to the city of Jerusalem. So we pick up in two eight. I've heard the insults of Moab and the taunts of the Ammonites who insulted my people and made great threats against their land. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, surely Moab will become like Sodom, 
The Ammonites like Gomorrah, a place of weeds and salt pits, a wasteland forever. The ruined my people will plunder them. The survivors of my nation will inherit their land. This is what they will get in return for their pride, for insulting and mocking the people of the Lord Almighty. The Lord will be awesome to them when he destroys all the gods of the earth. Distant nations will bow down to him, all of them in their own land. You Cushites, too, will be slain by my sword. He will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, leaving Nineveh utterly desolate and dry as a desert. Flocks and herds will lie down there, creatures of every kind. The desert owl and the screech owl will roost on their columns. Their hooting will echo throughout the windows. Rubble will fill the doorways. The beams of cedar will be exposed. This is a city of revelry that they lived in safely. She said to herself, I am the one, and there is no one beside me. What a ruin she's become. A lair for wild beasts. All who pass by her scoff and shake their fist. Woe to the city of oppressors, rebellious, rebellious and defiled. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions, her rulers are evening wolves who leave nothing for the morning. Her prophets are unprincipled, they're treacherous people. Her priests profane the sanctuary and do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no wrong. Morning by morning, he dispenses his justice. And every new day, he does not fail, yet unrighteousness knows no shame. I have destroyed the nations. Their strongholds are demolished. I have left their streets deserted, with no one passing through. Their cities are laid waste. They are deserted and empty. O Jerusalem, I thought, surely you will fear me and accept correction. And then her place of refuge would not be destroyed, nor all my punishments come upon her. But they will be eager to accept corrupt. Uh, but they will be eager to act corruptly in all they did. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord. For the day, I will stand up to testify. I've decided to assemble the nations together, the kingdoms, pour out my wrath on them. All my fierce anger, the whole world, will be consumed by the fire of my jealous anger. Then I will purify the lips of the people, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord, and serve him shoulder to shoulder. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, my scattered people, will bring me offerings. On that day, Jerusalem will not be put to shame for all the wrongs that you have done to me, because I'll remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and the humble, the remnant of Israel with trust in the name of the Lord. They will do no wrong, they will tell no lies, a deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths, they will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, daughter of Zion, shout aloud, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughters of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment, has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I remove from you all who mourn over the over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. The time I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. That time I will gather you. At that time I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise you among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before the very eyes, before your very eyes, says the Lord. And, of course, there's one of the most delightful sections in all of Scripture in there. I, I will rejoice over you in singing. And, of course, we're invited, you know, to come into his courts with singing, with praise on our lips. 
and and yet you hear God in, 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 in return saying, I have a song about you, and it's a could could be a rough song, but he says it's a delightful song. And you have the restoration and the beauty of the restoration, of course the intimacy, you know, that brings and it brings with uh the Lord as well. And what a portrait we meet of, of God here and the the prophets just have a way of with I mean with language to just capture I mean the, this this God that we serve, this God that we worship, he is a sovereign God. And he, even when he's speaking about the judgment that's going to come down, I mean, if you were to look at kind of like the atlas of this area, it's like it's all around, you know, Israel. And so in other words, there's not a place where the sovereignty of God will not extend and judge the earth. He is the God of all nations. And so, yes, you know, Judah, you know, pay attention to the words of the Lord. But but even after he talks about judgment come down on all the nations, he comes back to Jerusalem and and says, you know, judgment's coming. You you've your people, you know, my people have been um, unwilling to repent, unwilling to to live righteous. And, and of course, you see the judgment as a way of purifying. Uh, you know, I'll purify the lips of all of these people. And remember, you know, in Isaiah, his call to minister was, you know, very much like that. And it was me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And then you have, you know, the angel picking up, you know, an ember from the altar and, you know, cleansing his lips. And and what a picture of uh, who we are, how corrupt we are, that even our lips are not worthy of uttering God's praise, mm-hmm. but he's purified us and he has given us, you know, a heart of praise. And, and again, you see that, but I will leave within you the meek and the humble. And uh, that kind of brings, you know, together both Luke's version and Matthew's version, you know, of uh, of the Beatitudes. You know, Luke says, blessed are you who are poor, for you will be, you know, you will be filled, you know, with good things. And Matthew said, blessed are you that are poor in spirit. So the two come together here. Those who are physically poor and humble are, are the ones that are most likely to seek the Lord. And of course, as they seek the Lord, they are made rich in him. And that's a very beautiful picture. And he's contrasted that a few times in our reading yesterday. He talked about the need for humility and to humble yourself. And even here, when he's talking to Moab and Ammon, he says, you know, this is what you will get in return. This is what they will get in return for their pride, for insulting and, and mocking the people of the Lord Almighty. And so all throughout the prophets, we've seen that call to yeah. humility and meekness <laughs> contrasted with what happens to those who are prideful. And yeah. And for me to think I'm so meek and humble, I feel more like the prideful guy when I when I really read this, and yeah. that can be disarming. And of course, a beautiful passage in Isaiah where he said, "I am a, the Lord, the high and lofty one, uh, who lives in a holy place, and also with those who are humble and contrite in heart." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have the transcendence and the eminence of God. The high and lofty one desires to be near those who are humble. And of course, you find that in, in Peter and Paul. Therefore, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. God opposes the proud, but gives more grace mm-hmm. to those that are humble. And you see such a great description of those that are um, the opposite of the contrite and humble in 3 1, where it says, Woe to the city of oppressors that are rebellious and defiled, obey no one, accepts, accepts no correction does not trust in the Lord and does not draw near to her God. And I mean, that that is a descriptor of a rebellious heart, but that is certainly what I can yeah, identify with, I'm too. I'm <laughs> so glad I have never been like that yeah. anything at all. No, that, that does describe, 
you know, basically who who we are when we talk in Reformed thought, theology about, you know, total depravity. We, we, we really do talk about, you know, the, the pride that would dethrone God and enthrone ourselves and the fact that every part of us is is not as bad as it could possibly be, but is infected by our own inward desire for self-glory rather than to glorify, uh, you know, the the one who is deserving of all all, all glory. Mm-hmm. And so that is both a you know, stark picture of what it means to come into God's presence with humility and and, and the kind of hearts we usually bring into God's presence mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and we get that striking con- contrast in the same passage where. You know, here's the people of God, and they look mm-hmm. nothing like their God. And it says, the Lord within her is righteous. He does no wrong morning by morning. He dispenses his justice. Mm-hmm. Every new day he does not fail. Yet the unrighteous know no shame. You know, and, and we're just asking, man, will God's people ever look like like him? And the Lord says, a day is coming where my people will look well, like me. Yeah, that's what we you were created to be, and of course what we've been redeemed to be. And, and by God's grace are being transformed, you know, as Paul says, you know, from one degree of glory to another, you know, as we stare upon his face. But yeah, we, we do have a long way to go. Matt, yeah, why don't you close this with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we confess that we do have a long way to go. Our desire is to be transformed as we behold your glory. And, and Father, I think of the words of John that um, what we will be, um, is going to be incredible. We'll be children, um, children of God, and that's what we are. And so, Father, help us to to live into that reality today that we are your children, uh, beholding your glory, being transformed by you. Thank you for the the work of Christ, um, the work of the Spirit in us. Father, would you continue to, to build us up and grow us up in Christ? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.